do that so I can yeah. pick it up. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. We'd like to say that we're now going to start posting every Monday. So look out for that. Yep. I guess we tried to take on too much with multiple times a week. But now that we're back in school, time juggling is a little rough. Mm-hmm. But uh, make sure to keep checking out future episodes. We've got some interesting guests coming up. And yeah. Without further ado, let's move to the topic of the discussion today. Yep. So first, do you have anything you'd like to say? In terms of... Anything. Yeah, so I mean the topic of today is kind of related to what we've been doing or what we've kind of been obsessing over for the past few weeks. Yeah, sure. it's, it's, it's a very health, it's health orientated, but not modern health as you might see, but more conventional health or, or not even, not the conventional is not the word, traditional but so yeah true so we've been trying to improve our lives from a traditional health standpoint and that's what we want to talk about today and also Loki, i feel like it's kind of making a resurgence on tiktok as well yeah yeah i've seen it my my cousin knows uh a lot about or when i was mentioning to mentioning it to him he's telling me buffalo wildlings is cooked in beef tallow yeah he's saying stuff like that and i was like, like yeah hey, yo how'd you even yeah. Get to this. He's saying Red 40, stuff like that. Yeah, it's making a resurgence, yeah. Okay. So on the topic of traditional health, first let's talk about seed oils. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. probably the number one killer. Or yeah. in terms of if you had to remove, like, one thing from your body, it's you have to remove seed oils. Yep. You want to talk about? Or, or yes, sir. Here, here, I have a list. You've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of research. Yeah. Hopefully this isn't yeah. on the camera. And yeah. So initially, your gut has access to a lot of the different organs in your body mm-hmm. so how you treat your gut can determine a lot of your overall health and the connection between the skin and the gut is called the skin or the gut skin access because this is specifically when i was writing about skincare. so there's a, a, a gut skin access but then even there's small organisms in your gut that send signals through the pathway to your skin and they have an influence on things like sebum production or production skin texture and inflammation and it's not only seed, or it's not only skin, but there's, your gut has a connection to a lot of different ways of how you operate. Like we know about the systems that connect from uh, like your heart and stuff, but your gut has mm-hmm. a lot of uh, stuff as well. And seed oils, so the thing with skin and seed oils, and the reason I specifically brought up skin, when you consume seed oils, it causes your skin to be more receptive to sunburn. So if you've noticed, sunscreen rates have gone up in the past since 1930s or whatever. Because we're assuming that the Great Depression is when seed oils were introduced into our diet Mm -hmm. to make things more easily consumable for the population that didn't have that much food. Or they they kind of mass-produced food. Because it's cheaper. Cheaper, yeah. Yeah. And they cause your skin to be more receptive to sunburn. Because, so seed oils... For, or let's take it back. Let's take a step back for a second. If you're thinking about saturated fat, mm-hmm. saturated fat is anything that's solid or stable, mm-hmm. like ghee, like uh, us Indians eat, or butter. Butter is a common saturated fat, and if there's even beef tallow and duck lard, and yeah. there's a lot. Yeah. But they they have completely stable bonds. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at the chemistry of how saturated fat is made up of all the bonds are stable. If you're taking a look at monounsaturated fatty acids, 
which is common in avocado oil or mm -hmm. virgin olive oil, mm -hmm. or even like macadamia nut oil or palm oil, whatever. Mm -hmm. They're called monounsaturated fatty acids because they have one bond, one unstable bond, mm -hmm. and the rest are stable. Saturated has everything stable. If mm -hmm. you if you want to remember it, I heard, you know, saturated S, stable S. Yeah, yeah. They're solid S, SSS. Yeah. They're good. They're yeah. fine. Yeah. Don't worry about them. Yeah. But monounsaturated fatty acids, also you shouldn't really have to worry about because there's only one unstable bond. But polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are seed oils, or even peanut oil, sesame oil, canola oil. Canola oil in itself is bad, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Peanut oil is or peanut oil all those all the seed oils every seed oil they have a lot of they have a high concentration of polyunsaturated fatty acids and Bro. okay when whenever unstable fats are incorporated into your cell membranes they can damage skin cells and if they're incorporated into your mitochondrial membranes they can affect your energy output so and obviously we we all learn that mitochondria is a powerhouse of the cell so when these these uh, unstable fats blend in, or they, they kind of sync up to the, the uh, mitochondria of your cell. They affect your energy output, so how energetic you are. Because a lot of people, if you go to schools and stuff, like you've probably noticed as well, they're in brain fog, or they have, they're really tired throughout the afternoon, especially after they eat. Mm -hmm. And this also has stuff to do with our evolutionary processes as well. But I think, because obviously people before they're like while they're hungry our ancestors they hunted and then once they got their food they're satisfied so our bodies learned to not operate at peak capacity after we eat mm -hmm. but seed oils could be worsening our energy output and sometimes people's energies just never recover until they go back to sleep because mm -hmm. our energies is, or they're supposed to be in a cycle but that cycle is being disrupted because of the congestion of seed oils yeah and most oils especially if you want me to give you an example canola oil if you're taking peanut oil and sesame oil, they're at least how they were made in traditional Indian times. Yeah, they're fine. They're not in terms refined of, in terms of refinery. Yeah, because yeah. they're taken straight from the peanut. Yeah, but canola oil is actually made of a made out of a plant called the rapeseed plant, mm -hmm. and rapeseed is toxic straight out of gate. So we can't consume the original rapeseed plant. So they have to refine it. So any canola oil that you see, it's all refined, and uh, Canola, so the refinery, so they're called RBD oils, and RBD stands for refined, bleached, and deodorized. Mm -hmm. And whenever these oils are exposed to all these processes, they're all high heat processes. Mm -hmm. And because of the polyunsaturated fatty acid makeup of the oil, they're like as they're heated and reheated, they're broken down into these compounds called aldehydes. Mm -hmm. and a common example of an aldehyde 4-HNE and 4-HNE is actually a known carcinogen so that's something to 4-HNE is what then? Or it's what is its name? like its full name? yeah because when I think of aldehyde I think of formaldehyde yeah formaldehyde maybe it's it's called 4-hydroxy 4-hydroxy Oxynonyl. Okay. Well, formaldehyde Four, is a toxic okay. chemical, I'm pretty sure. So. Formaldehyde could be toxic, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, obviously anything with aldehyde is probably, probably mm -hmm. uh, bad for you as well. Yeah. And if you take a look at avocado oil or extra virgin olive oil, they usually come in dark bottles. 
mm-hmm. sometimes the really expensive ones that come in dark glass bottles. That's to prevent the oxidation process. But the the seed oils, you plastic. mainly find them in yeah, yeah plastic with a lot of light exposure. Yeah, and this obviously we know the plastics equal bad, and in modern health journals and stuff it's been it's being published that bpa is a thing that's bad for us but any bisphenol bisphenol a is bpa any bisphenol is bad for us they're all similar effects so instead of using bpa they a company would use bps or bpf or bpsf Mm -hmm. and these are all like pretty similar and should be avoided because they're not natural they're not yeah they're estrogenic that's the word not carcinogenic okay and then, yeah, expose. I even have it here. Exposure to bisphenols can cause health effects on the brain and even prostate cancer. And even if it didn't have uh, BPs, it could still have phthalates, which are endocrine disrupting. And endocrine disruptors are things that mess with our reproductive system, and they also give us a heightened risk of cancer. Mm-hmm. And then I said things like cereal, mayo, prepackaged snacks, chips, all of these foods, they all have seed oils in them. And honestly, if you go to Whole Foods as well, this is kind of a scam because everything in the hot section of Whole Foods all has some canola oil in it. Yeah. That's that's my yeah. at least deep dive on the seed oils. Do yeah. you have any thoughts on it? I mean, in response to just what you said, even when you look for food without seed oils, it's so difficult. I went into Whole Foods and I'm like, or even Trader Joe's and I'm looking for snacks. It's just, it's impossible to find them without seed oils because their main focus is it being natural right yeah so maybe it's not going to have you know like artificial colors or artificial flavors but it's still going to have seed oil because that isn't or i guess they're not as opposed to seed oil as they are to artificial flavors or artificial because you'll see packaging all the time no artificial flavors no artificial colors because i think that's something in our society that we've been accustomed to the fact that it's bad but not as much seed oils so it's it's really hard to avoid and mainstream health has also been kind of diluted i don't know how much i should say and how much i shouldn't say yeah Uh, you know what it's fine free speech okay so mm, uh, okay we can cut this out if we need to but there's a lot of mainstream health companies that dilute some of the information that gets out to the general public and not in general information is incorrect, but some could be. I saw this thing from the, the Twitter account Carnivore, Carnivore Aurelius where he was just making fun of uh, professional studies done. Because if you, they said they had a group of, he said they had a group of uh, people eat eggs and drink chloroform, chloroform three times a day. And they had people that eat vegan and then they exercise and they do... Uh, like good running and they have good sleep and all of that and then they say oh the people that that ate eggs got cancer and the people that didn't or the people that were vegan were healthy they're like eat vegan very being sarcastic he's being right? sarcastic obviously yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not yeah, really yeah, yeah. but it's poking fun at the fact like for example the biggest when American Heart Association in the 50s 60s or 70s I forget but in the 20th century they were almost bankrupt and their biggest sponsor that funded them and revived them was Procter & Gamble. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything more about that, but that's something, it's a, fa- it's a known fact. Yeah. And it's something that we can definitely think about. Yeah. What yeah. else was I going to say? They could just look it up, up, though. 
fine. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, in terms oh, of... Oh, what was I going to... Oh, yeah. My bad. I, I regained my train of thought when yeah, I finished. Yeah, sure, sure. So, even if you're looking in the 19th or the 20th century and the 19th century, there was a common narrative that smoking was good for you. And all these cigarette companies got so rich off of that. Mm. And it affected a lot of other things as well, like beds, for example. We can get into that later if you want. Yeah. But it affected so many other things in the mainstream media. And then they thought, they said trans fats were bad, saturated fats were good, which saturated fats are good, that's true. Then they started to group in polyunsaturated fats. They started to say canola oil was a healthy alternative to butter. Mm -hmm. And at the time, a lot of this research was unfounded. And even if we're going back to the companies thing, a lot of the companies could have prevented some of this information from getting out. Because mm-hmm. if there's something that they're making that's at least going or somewhat negatively affecting the American public, they won't let them know. Yeah. Or even if the sarca- if the sarcasm has any truth to it, carnivore releases sarcasm. Mm-hmm. There's some manipulated studies. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gotten to the point of manipulated studies, but I think uh, the studies of biology and chemistry, at least public reports, are very manipulated by the higher-ups maybe certain yeah. companies or sponsors yeah. of the people that can conduct experiments yeah that's my train of thought now you can add yeah um bro I'm not sure if I want to add anything to that okay. let's move on <laughs> yeah okay I also put something about soy in here so soy is not good and in ancient diets we mentioned how we were talking or we we're bringing it to more of a traditional health type of thing and in ancient diets soy was a thing like we ate soy yeah. back in however many civilizations ago maybe not indians but mm-hmm. people in the world they definitely ate like soy. east asia east asia 100 percent they ate yeah. soy. but the soy that they ate was heavily fermented okay and this was actually insane to me because i found the fact that out of ev- any single plant, vegetable, every food in the world, soy has the highest amount of glyphosate. And glyphosate is something that they put in the chemical to kill the weeds. It's mm-hmm. similar to atrazine. Okay. And the chemical has similar effects on the human human systems. Yeah. And Atrazine, we should expand on. Yeah, I'll, I'll expand on glyphosate first. Okay. So according to WebMD, glyco- glyphosate is associated with cancer, liver damage, and reproductive issues. Yeah something to keep in mind yeah and soy is also a goitrogen which means that it swells the thyroid and thyroid swelling can cause fatigue constipation bad hair dry skin muscle problems and fertility problems yeah. and probably a lot more that i haven't mentioned yeah so so tofu oh yeah tofu yeah yeah so yeah steer clear yeah and soy is also a source of lectins which are proteins that plants... So this is because the soy is not fermented? Yeah, fermented soy removes a lot of this stuff. Like lectins, for example. Yeah. For, for at least fermented soy, or when we ate soy, we didn't spray glyphosate on it. Oh, the, yeah. Whenever they're growing so- soy plants, they, they spray this glyphosate, and it is... It kills the weeds, but the weeds adapt to it, and they grow back bigger, so they have to spray even more. Mm-hmm. So soy was the number one. So what does fermentation have to do with... Or you were you mentioned earlier that... Well, I read that if soy, or at least heavily fermented soy, takes out a lot of this stuff. Like lectins, for example. Oh, okay. Lectins are proteins that plants use to protect themselves from animals. So 
animals kind of when they, whenever they try to eat soy plants, like they developed this protein through natural evolution, in which the animals become paralyzed or something would happen to their immune system, whatever. If they ate soy plants, that's how they the plants kept the animals from eating them. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But yeah. ferment the fermentation process can probably remove a lot of that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's all I had about soy. Okay. But, like, unless you freshly grow it yourself without the use of herbicides, or you, you have really heavy, clean fermentation, yeah, then you can eat soy. But most snacks and most stuff that you find soy in, even soybean oil, it's not good. Yeah. Or soy-fed milk is not good either. Yeah. Soy-fed milk meaning the... So, in the modern era, we, to, at least since the Great Depression, to make milk more easily accessible... Instead of feeding cows soy, or instead of feeding cows grass, we fed them soy and wheat. And this soy has a, like a ton of bacteria, like a shit ton of bacteria. Uh-huh. And it has, uh, the wheat has a ton of bacteria and the soy has all this like bad stuff. So then the cows can't be great or even mm-hmm. like the beef that you're getting from that cow won't be 100% great. 100% it's not great. The best meat, or I mean if you're like looking to eat beef, the best cow that you can get is definitely a grass-fed cow mm-hmm. and the same can be said for milk as well oh grass-fed steak that's why they yeah. say yeah and grass-fed milk as well grass-fed. highly pasteurized milk yeah whatever you can find that pretty easily pasteurized milk yeah i've heard that raw milk is better yeah i've heard that raw milk is better too okay but my I, i'm not 100 percent sure on this because all i drink is grass-fed milk yeah it's just grass-fed like there's no extra tags on it but yeah. my dad was saying that raw milk can give you diseases yeah but I don't, I've heard Carnivore Aurelius, for example, is a strong advocator of raw milk. So yeah. um, maybe we should look more into that. Oh, yeah. But I think for now, stick with grass-fed milk, pa- raw or pasteurized. We can I think stick raw milk for, was at, probably okay at a time when our immune systems weren't as weak. Mm-hmm. But because of how sterilized our, like, where we live has become, that our bodies might not be able to handle raw milk. Yeah, that could be the case as well. And then I also have something about high fructose corn So syrup. grass-fed milk is super pasteurized? No. Grass-fed milk is just milk from a grass-fed cow. Uh-huh. And raw milk is, it comes straight from the cow to you. Yeah, so why did you say grass-fed milk, highly pasteurized milk when you were... Because I've heard that highly pasteurized is good. And I've heard oh. from different sources, not even just my dad, I've seen on Twitter and stuff, Yeah. that... Highly pasteurized milk is good for you, but then there's also some people that say raw milk is better for you. Yeah. And I think you might be on the money that our immune systems back then were adapted to raw milk and it's yeah. good for us. Yeah. But also, my dad was saying that this is a kind of a tangent, but we can return back to topic. Mm-hmm. He's saying the reason why cows are worshipped in uh, Hindu society is because... Not like, worshipped, honored. Or not worshipped, honored. honored yeah. Well, my dad used the word worship. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's what people... Yeah, mistranslation, but, yeah. Yeah, sure. Regardless, the reason why cows are an important thing in Hindu culture, or one of the reasons, he said they're a friend to humans, but similar to how a dog is in, in Western culture. Yeah, yeah. But he also said that a cow has this ability to where if it smells any disease, it'll go and eat the plants that can alleviate that disease. Oh. And that milk will have all the nutrients that you need. Oh. Yeah. And he said his great-grandfather told him that. His great-grandfather was also telling him about grounding he, yeah. said, he said the plants will get sad if they, they don't sense the presence of your feet or something like that. Yeah. He said the, his, grand, his grandpa never said anything to him. He, he, he was like your grandpa. He lived, to, he lived to like he was 100. Yeah, yeah. And all he did was just farm all day. Yeah. 
And he ate like he ate terribly. My great grandpa lived till ninety two. Yeah. Yeah, my great grandpa lived till like a hundred. Yeah. And all he did, he he. It's kind of sad if you think about it. This is another tangent, but he died after my grandpa did. My grandpa died early. He died before I was born. Oh. Okay. Like my dad's dad. Yeah. But my great grandpa, he, he's a little after my birth. Oh. Which is unfortunate, but yeah, he's yeah. a he's a long liver. Yeah. Big guy. Yeah. And the only advice he ever gave my dad was. Step in the step in the grass with your bare feet. Yeah. But yeah. I mean you were you were talking about that. We can talk about that. It's also traditional health. Yeah. It's uh I think it's good for you. I've read about it and I just feel good when I do it, like when I Yeah, same. Yeah. It reduces the cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Uh-huh. Which is it's a good thing. Same yeah. same effect as when you go actually sunlight increases your cortisol but increases it to the right level. Or it maintains your cortisol at a at, at a right level. But if it's too high, the stepping on grass can decrease it oh. to the perfect level as well. Okay. You mind handing me a water bottle? Yeah. Uh, never mind. He gave it to me. Okay. Okay. But you, I think, looked into grounding more than I did. I didn't research too much into it. I read that it was good, and then I was doing it. I felt good while doing it. Also, it's nice not having to put your shoes on before you leave us go outside, you know? Yeah, true. Also, shoes, one thing that shoes, like, especially, like, work shoes like, or dress shoes. Like. Yeah, sorry. Especially work shoes or dress shoes, they're, the toe part is super tight. So when you're wearing that over time, it's going to shift the structure of your feet. So oh, really? there was a picture taken of a working class man. I forgot what time period, but... I think it was at a time period when the shoes were obviously not as great as they are today, but his foot or his toes had completely shifted to the left are you serious? because of how the shoe was shaped. That's crazy. So I guess what if people you- against wearing shoes or, you know, people advocating for grounding often refer to shoes as foot prisons <laughs> right so yeah. i think that's that they're referring to that as because of how shoes shift your feet structure and also how tight they are and it's just it's not good you know you need air to come to your feet so i feel better when i'm walking barefoot or even yeah. if even um, sandals why do you wear sandals in the summer it's just sure. more comfortable i'm i'm happy that we've kind of addressed that with or not we've addressed it, but we've never shifted from it in Indian homes. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to keep it the same for my kids as well. Especially when and if I, if, I, if, I do, yeah. if I do an interracial marriage, I'm going to make sure my wife does it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shoes in the house is definitely a no. Yeah, it's not, not good. Yeah. And Even yeah. runners now, they have running sandals. Really? Yeah. That, the, because they cite how Native Americans used to travel thousands of miles in these sandals and oh. like modern contra- or modern companies or entrepreneurs have designed these sandals for running. Yeah, we and don't need that. They're citing modern technology or research for it. We definitely do not need that. Need what? Sandals. Just go barefoot. Yeah, but I feel like the problem with barefoot is it depends on where you're running. The reason we wore shoes in the first place Concrete. from an evolutionary standpoint, or not evolutionary standpoint, historical standpoint, for protection for our feet. If you're going across a rocky area, there's a risk there. Yeah, 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 so sure. sandals offer that protection. 
That's true. That makes sense. In that case, yeah, I see it. Yeah. If I'm running in dirt, then I don't see the need for sandals. But if I'm running in a rocky area... But you never know, right? Yeah, Especially true, if you're right. not familiar with the terrain like everyone, our ancestors were. Mm. You know, you're running through a trail, a new trail. How do you know like, yeah. how the I, At least I think the trail by my house is pretty rocky. I never go without shoes. Yeah. And I run almost every other day. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was preoccupied with something but yeah yes i definitely agree i don't know why i said i didn't okay yeah okay uh the next thing we could talk about is is beds or if you want to go a little bit deeper into milk you can talk about we can go back to milk i'm fine with milk okay so the cows in most milk are soy and grain fed which is insanely bad for your testosterone levels soy has has phyto phytoestrogens which reduce testosterone levels because estrogen and testosterone operate on a level where there's I forgot which part of your body produces it but the part of your body that produces testosterone is the same as the part of your body that produces estrogen and in males it's like I don't know the exact percentages but it's if you think or let's make an example where we can say a male body produces 80% testosterone and 20% estrogen and a woman body produces 70% estrogen and 30% testosterone Mm -hmm. The more estrogen you put in, the more testosterone is suppressed. Because the, the same part of your body that's making the 80% testosterone, part of it shifts to making estrogen. So it comes, it goes from 80-20 to 60-40 mm-hmm. or 70-30. Yeah. 60-40 is like really... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's not good. That's ruining your natural balance. Yeah. Yeah. And... So soy has these cytoestrogens, phytoestrogens, and the grain that cows fed has fungus because it's super low quality and it produces a toxin called ZEA, which is also estrogenic. And then also there's a plastic problem in which a bunch of plastic milk packaging has BPA, BPS, BPSF. Uh-huh. Uh, I've seen that Oberweiss milk is good quality, but I'm gonna, or that's what I put on the script, but I'm gonna backtrack on that as well because I've looked up Oberweiss and they're not, their cows aren't grass-fed. But it comes in, it's highly pasteurized. The, it's a glass covering, but it's also, there's no confirmation on if it's grass-fed. Okay. So I'm gonna hold off on that. But if you see, uh, the best milk to have is grass-fed milk. But obviously if you can't find grass-fed milk, the, the ones that come in glass bottles and the highly pasteurized, I think they're the second best choice. Yeah. So why is plastic bad? Uh, we should expand on that. I feel like what. So even if we assume ver- you're estrogenic. buying grass-fed milk, but it's coming in a plastic container, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so it's estrogenic. That's the primary reason, and then the secondary reason. It's estrogenic because of the BPA or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And microplastics. There's a lot of stuff inside plastics that's estrogenic. Okay. It's not. I mean, I feel like mainstream health has pushed that enough, but we can talk about it a little if you want. Yeah. Uh, I gave a presentation on plastics okay. in, over the summer to a bunch of school kids in India. Yeah. And essentially, there's a lot of different harms of plastic if we're talking about on the human system. Yeah. Uh, mainly, the biggest thing I kind of emphasized was that it was carcinogenic. Mm-hmm. But it's also hormone disrupting. Mm-hmm. So tes- testosterone and estrogen. But also, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I'm pretty certain to say that it's it can have an effect on height okay. or your body's development during puberty okay. as well. Yeah. Well, but if it messes with your hormones, then yeah, it also messes with yeah. your growth, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then 
there's also something like whenever there's microplastics in the water a lot of plastic waste ends up in the water this is more towards our environment than on humans but this should also be addressed whenever there's plastic in the oceans uh, whenever we the water goes up for rain evaporates yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the microplastics or the bpa or maybe it's not bpa or microplastic but the chemicals that com- comprise these things they stay up in the clouds and they trap the heat on the sun so all the global warming stuff that you're hearing about is actually as a result and i think this that was an important point to emphasize in india especially because it's getting so much hotter over there compared to here at least but even here you can notice it's getting in the hundreds recently and there's less and less snow mm-hmm. yeah but if even if you're taking away the environmental impact i think the hormone disrupting thing is a big reason to why we should stop because yeah. it gets everywhere too if it gets in the water that means it gets in the plants when you water the plants yeah and it gets yeah. in the the it's a trickle down effect yeah, yeah. the meat because the animals they drink the water that's estrogenic yeah. yeah same thing with as you were saying with cows non-grass-fed cows yeah and how the steak is bad the milk is bad everything is bad yeah yeah everything's interconnected that's how the environment is you're polluting one part you're polluting another part too yeah true yeah and then if we're moving on to beds oh okay we can, we'll get to that section later if we're polluting beds if we're talking about beds back when smoking was considered good in the 20th century people would smoke on beds after sex mm-hmm. and there's a highly flammable risk with beds so whenever like people were smoking and they'd throw their cigarette away or whatever they weren't taking caution because they, they're like little retards back in the <laughs> they're little idiots back in the day uh-huh. and their beds would catch on fire and stuff so bed companies what they did in the 1950s 1960s was they developed these mattress companies you mean yeah yes sorry mattress yeah, companies yeah they developed uh i don't know if i gave them a specific chemical but they developed a bunch of toxins for uh making the mattress not non-flammable and breathe like we're sleeping on this bed nine hours a day like eight to nine or at least seven to nine hours a day we're sleeping on this bed and often people sleep on their sides or like on the front and even if you're sleeping on the back if you're surrounded by all this shit in your bed and you're breathing into it for nine hours a day sometimes it's even in the pillows pillowcases too and obviously that can't be good for you yeah. if you think about it yeah it, it just can't yeah and then uh yeah the best thing to sleep on the japanese actually have it right on this one and it's tatami mats or military cot because mm-hmm. most mattresses you can't it's rare to find a good quality mattress yeah especially even if you get a new mattress and you smell it it has a distinct smell Right. It shouldn't have that smell. What about some of the new mattress companies? So a recent trend within the mattress industry has been bed in a box. So they roll it up, it's compressed air, you take it out, it, you know, it expands and it's permanent. But a lot of these companies have switched from... So you're saying what they're putting in these mattresses is a chemical that goes on top, like the surface of the bed, right? I'm not sure. It could be coated inside the bed as well. Okay. But let's say it was. What's your point that you have to continue making? Right. So mattress companies are using new materials now, like 
um i don't know have you heard of purple mattress i mean a lot mm. of people have seen the ads okay it's they use some this grid it's called the purple mattress because that grid is purple but it's like a grid and it's supposed to evenly distribute your weight but for example it's not a spring mattress like we might have had in the past or most of the mattresses nowadays are like memory foam mattresses i've seen those yeah yeah so is this still applicable to like different materials or okay it's saying that memory foam is highly combustible which means that memory foam mattresses have flame retardants and flame retardants are associated with endocrine disruption which i've explained or okay okay what about purple look up the purple mattress i forgot what their technology proprietary technology is called may look up what it's called first and then yeah to try to prevent mold and mildew many polyurethane which is what purple mattress uses yeah yeah. come with a waterproof pvc cover and unfortunately pvc has its own environmental health effects pvc is made with phthalates which is i think a general rule anything you can't pronounce is not good for you yeah yeah. and they're saying that pvc is uh, a known hormone disruptor yeah so i mean at least watch what you sleep on yeah look into it maybe be aware of what you're a lot of pipes are made out of pvc yeah Yeah. pvc pipes we use them in a lot of various areas is that how we get water through pvc pipes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, okay. Really not. I think it's for drainage. Yeah. Yeah. But also, we have... My battery's going down. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Maybe it'll go back up. When it goes down to three, take it out. Or pause the thing. All right. Uh, if we're going on to the topic of water, let's let's try to cram as much... Oh, no, it's going back up. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's transition. Yeah. If we're going on to the topic of water... You want to conclude mats a little bit, or mat beds... Hmm? You want to conclude a little bit on beds? I think we have a good conclusion in which we say, or in in at the point where we say, look into what you're sleeping on. Yeah. Because okay. that's one of the most important things. Yeah. This. You're talking about the Japanese. They have. They yeah, tummy mats. Yeah. Tummy mats are are good. Tummy mats are fine. They're good because. Dude, tummy mats. The samurais were sleeping on them back in the day. Mm-hmm. A long time ago, the same there's the same tatami mats. Mm-hmm. They haven't been, like, nothing has happened to them in the past. Yeah. however many years? Oh. So tatami mats are safe. Military cots, because the military knows, like we don't want our guys to get like turned into like fucking women. So they have the. Mm, cool it, bro. Cool it's it. a joke, okay. Yeah. But they have the, they have, military cots are safe. Yeah. Cut this out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's a joke, bro. I know, but okay, still, it's, bro. it's not that bad. So if we're on the topic of water, this is, I guess, the first thing, before I even say anything, you should get a water filter in your house. Yeah. And, because uh, water has chlorine and fluoride. Because mm-hmm. they use chlorine uh, to kill the uh, bacteria in water. Mm-hmm. And fluoride mainly comes from toothpaste. And they even put fluoride in water to clean out some salt and stuff like that. So... And, the filter in our refrigerators filter out chloride, but not fluorine. Or fluoride. Yeah. Okay. They filter out chlorine, but they don't filter out fluorine. Chlorine, but not fluoride. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, so the reason why fluoride was introduced in our, in our 
in our toothpaste, I guess, was where it was first introduced. The reason why fluoride was introduced is because sugars and high fructose corn syrup were damaging teeth and causing teeth decay, and they implemented fluoride in toothpaste because fluoride is known as enamel healing. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think that this is generally not a good approach to go to, yeah. first, high fructose corn syrup is terrible for you. Yeah. Never, never use it. But when they were putting high fructose corn syrup in the foods back in the day, when they were making things more commercially accessible to everyone, yeah, uh, they put in fluoride and toothpaste to help. But the the solution to a problem is to never put another problem on top of it. That's why, in terms of skincare, I'm a strong advocate against all this moisturizer, cleanser, sunscreen stuff. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with our skin isn't the fact that we are. Or it's not the fact that we don't have these three things. Because a lot of people, our ancestors never used these three things. Nothing in those things, are, and, or nothing in moisturizer, cleanser, sunscreen we actually need. Yeah, or if you look at tribal people, you know, their yeah, skin is flawless. Yeah, their skin is fine. And it's great, honestly. Yeah. And they have less of a reliance on, on it as we do. Yeah. The thing skincare was implemented to solve was the problem with our diets. Yeah. With corn syrup, soy, seed oils, yeah. all this stuff they, they, that's being put into our diets. Yeah. To mitigate that problem, they, they put in skincare. Yeah. And if you ever noticed, after you stop using skincare, your skin gets exponentially worse before it gets better. Because mm-hmm. your body starts relying on the external products so much that it stops producing things internally. Yeah. And it takes a while for your body to get <coughs> that system back to normal. And that the, shamp- the same can be said with shampoo as well. Shampoos and conditioners. Mm-hmm. They have all these benzophenone. They have, yeah. which they're all endocrine disruptors. But anything with benzo or anything with benz and anything with phen, general rule is avoid it. Because the shampoo that I use has like five ingredients and it's all rosemary oil, a coconut oil, olive oil, castor oil, and like lavender oil. That, mm. that, that's a five thing that's in, that's in my. So it's just oil? Oil. It's just oil. Oh, I don't know how it, it cleans my scalp as well. So it's a thing that we saw. It's the bar, yeah. So it's a the bar, and then it lathers. I don't know. Like, does it make bubbles and stuff, or is, does it become white or soapy when you put it on your hair? Yeah, it becomes soapy. How? If it's just oh. oil, you can tell a difference when you put it on your head and you like wipe it around and you keep it in your hair for like a minute or so, and then you wash it all off. Your hair is definitely feels different. And it feel, you can feel the feeling when you put it on your hair as well. Mm. I'm not too sure about what it is. I just bought it because it had natural ingredients. Okay. But a lot of the ingredients in shampoos, phthalates, uh, parabens, sulfates, yeah, yeah. all of those in shampoos and conditioners. <coughs> in shampoos I think and sulfate-free and paraben-free is a movement that we've seen even mm-hmm. in mainstream. That's, uh, at least that's a good thing. I'm happy that yeah. it's being addressed. Because they're all known endocrine disruptors. Yeah. Or they're estrogenic. Either yeah. way, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, but back to fluoride and toothpaste. Mm-hmm. The reason why fluoride and toothpaste was introduced was to kind of mitigate this. Can we this discuss one more thing? Yeah, about sure. When we were talking about estrogenic, right, I think people have the wrong idea of what that means, meaning, like... So it's disrupting your hormones. So people... We need, or I'll let you finish your question, but humans need a certain amount of testosterone and a certain amount of estrogen. Exactly, exactly. So estrogen is not bad for you. 
but you have to keep it in the amount that your body produces. Right, right. So I think we should touch on the fact that, you know, this is not just affecting males. It's, it's you know, affecting you, women as well. It's affecting yeah. women as well, yeah. You made a joke earlier, like, the, they don't want the military guys to become women. But in the same way, you don't want a woman's balance to fall yeah. out of where it's yeah. supposed to be either. It's just disrupting your balance, and that's why it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I wanted to make a joke, but I can't. It's okay, too, okay, too, okay. Uh, yeah too risky yeah okay but if we're going if we're bringing ourselves back to the topic of of what's the joke we can cut it out i'll tell you uh, there's a better section at the end but if we uh so the reason why fluoride was introduced into our our water toothpaste our toothpaste in our water was to get rid of this tooth decay that high fructose corn syrup was causing right but I think the solution to that should be you take out whatever was causing that problem in the first place. <coughs> you know, add something. Because it's the same. You're solving your problem with another yeah, problem. Yeah, you're solving your problem with another problem. Better. That's a better way to put it than I could think of. Yeah. But, yeah. So, this fluoride also, it binds to the calcium in the pineal gland of your brain, which is important if you're, if you're both a man and a woman for sleep. But especially if you're a woman, it's important <coughs> for your... <coughs> you okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you're a woman, it's important for your menstrual cycles. So the effect of fluoride on the pineal gland, it there's no research on it, but we know that it comprises a large part of our brain. Mm-hmm. And like, but what's the point in taking chances of yeah. something unnatural, unknown? Especially in the brain. The brain is our. Yeah. It's insane. It's, yeah. There was a study. Uh, I cited it as Green et al. 20, 2019. Mm-hmm. And there was a five-point decrease in IQ in males and an average of 3.66 points decrease in females in IQ that were exposed, exposed to fluoride in their mother's womb, according to that 2019 paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then magnesium fluoride, which, okay. Magnesium fluoride, which exists in nature, is actually good for you. But hydrofluorosilic acid, which is used in water salination, is not good. The solid, the sa- this acid is actually industrial waste from aluminum and fertilizer production. Mm-hmm. And then animal studies, if you remove the fluoride, their pineal glands actually grow. And this isn't official, but with non-fluoridated toothpaste, people are able to dream and recall their dreams better. The study uh, in which that was revealed, I don't think was conducted by any official source, mm-hmm. but I think someone conducted an amateur study where they took, they had them use non-fluoride products and non-fluoridated water yeah. for a while, and they, they found, or they tried, they used it to track the effect on their dreams. And they found that people could remember their, their dreams better if they lived in a non-fluoride, fluoridated environment for a while. Mm-hmm. Which, that, so, that gives me reason enough to know, like, this okay. is, might not be a good thing. A personal question, are you not using fluoride toothpaste anymore? I bought, I went to Whole Foods and I bought the non-fluoride toothpaste. Okay. I'm still using fluoride toothpaste as of now, because I don't want to waste it. Oh, Even right. I probably should. Right. But it's almost done. Once it's done, I'll switch over. Okay. Same with soap as well. I'm on my last bar of... of uh, like cheap soap. Yeah. I got African black soap. All natural oh, ingredients. Yeah, yeah. I buy natural soap from Trader Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just stopped using the cheap soap. I'm I'm throwing it away. I don't care. Yeah. Maybe I should do that as well. Yeah. But the best so the best way to treat it is to use or fluoride in your water is to use charcoal filter or a water distiller. Yeah. But if you're drinking that water, the water distiller might not be a good idea because it takes out all the electrolytes in the water. So. There's not really a surefire way, 
you just have to live in that environment for a while. Every big city has fluoride and chlorine in their water. Mm-hmm. And if you want to remove chlorine, just get a shower filter. Mm-hmm. Some shower filters have a little bit of an effect on fluoride as well. Yeah. But shower filter, probably the best thing you can do. It improves your skin, your hair, and your health. Yeah. So no reason not to get one. And yeah. they're like 20 to 30 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, is there anything else you want to add? Okay. So you said that most big cities have fluoride and chlorine in their water. Yeah. But a huge problem, at least as far as I know in India right now, is also the water, these chemicals seeping into waters or bodies of water near rural areas. Yeah. So is that the same here? I'd assume so. Yeah. In general, it's safer to use one. Safer to use one than not not to use one. Yeah. Because even when I went, even with a basic filtration system, it doesn't really... Yeah. doesn't really take that much out. So how are these chemicals getting into bodies of water near rural areas? Downflow, probably. Yeah. If they use it in urban areas, okay. it cycles through uh, back to the rural areas. But it's higher in urban areas, yeah, you would course. say? Okay, yeah, because okay. that's where all this stuff is. Yeah. Oh, and also another thing before we move on to the, the sure. last topic. Sure. I forgot to mention this, and I don't have a, the script on it, but I was reading about it the other day. Birth control is at least regardless of political opinion on whether you think casual sex is okay or not, or whatever you think about casual sex, birth control is just not good for us. Mm-hmm. And birth control as well, it is... Whenever a woman that's constantly on birth control pees it out, or just pees, some of her hormones like go in the water. And our filtration systems, they don't detect female hormones, because obviously they're not built to. And when the water is recycled... Like, you could actually be showering in female hormones. Or you could be drinking water, like hormone oh, water. Yeah. It's crazy. Which disrupts anyone's balance. Yeah, yeah both yeah. men and women. Yeah. I'll, okay, Sean's not involved in this. This yeah. is all me. Uh, but I think this is information that we should at least inform the general public of. Okay, there's a chemical called atrazine that comes in farms, or that comes in fertilizers. And... It releases atrazine in farms, which is, no, 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 no. This is an insane endocrine disruptor. It's everywhere in the world. It's in the U.S., India, and it's super potent because of its use in pesticides and fertilizers in farm. Europe has banned atrazine, and it goes into the air. So there was a study in which they tracked the effect of atrazine on, on frogs, and 10 of the frogs turned, 10 of the male frogs turned into women. Think of how insane that is. On what basis are you saying they turned into women? That's what I saw. What does that mean, though? What what does a frog? What does it mean for a frog to turn into a woman? Frog turned female. It's the first thing. Yeah, but what does it mean for a frog to turn into a woman? Okay, they're born genetically as male, but they develop as women. What does that mean? Oh, like female parts. Yeah. No way. Yeah. All right. Yes way. So. As in okay. female genitalia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And female hormones, everything. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll leave it off there. Yeah. Good episode. Yeah. But 